What is up, everybody? This episode of the Smoking Tire Podcast is brought to you by Sunday. Sunday Lawn Care. They make taking care of your lawn just easier than ever. I've gotten my second shipment from Sunday, and the good news is it's still very easy. All I had to do was go to GetSunday.com and put in my home address, all right, and I did it at my new house, and their free lawn analysis tool took care of all the rest in seconds. It, it analyzes uh, Google Earth data uh, and looks at your property, and then local soil and climate data to create a tailored nutrient plan. So you get all the stuff your lawn needs and nothing it doesn't. That's what I find is like the hardest part, because it's like... What, how do you even know what your lawn needs? That's where Sunday really makes your life easier. I don't know what my lawn needs. Fortunately, Sunday does. Uh, and then it's made with ingredients that you can pronounce, natural ingredients like seaweed, iron, and molasses, not like funky chemical stuff. So you can grow better and feel, about it, feel good about it, right? Then uh, here comes the box. You get a box, and it's got these pouches, and you just connect them to the sprayer on your hose, right? You attach the pouch to the garden hose. You spray the lawn. It takes like 15 minutes. That's it, and I'm done. And then the grass looks better than it ever has. I can't say ever has because I wasn't there before I bought the house, but certainly better than it has since I bought the house. This stuff is really easy. It takes no time at all. It's all, like, disposable. You don't have to, like, make room in your garage for it. It's great. It's great. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com slash tire. That's GetSunday.com slash tire to get 20 bucks off for your custom lawn plan at checkout. $20 off your custom lawn plan at GetSunday.com slash tire. Uh, Check this one out. I have certainly been in this situation, uh, and I bet you have too. Have you ever been in a situation where a dash cam really would have made a difference? I mean, I drive around with cameras on my car for a living, but that doesn't mean I drive around with cameras on my car all the time, but I wish I did. I jump around from car to car, so it's not really practical for me to have things in my cars that don't get driven all the time, but I bet you guys have one car that you drive most of the time, and most of the weird things you see happen on the road happen in that car. Whether you're driving on a busy road, parked overnight, the Blackview dash cams have you covered, right? We've got a brand new one from them. They just sent it over. It's super cool. The Blackview DR750X Plus Series Cloud dash cams, all right? It's got an upgraded Sony Starvis sensor, giving you stunning clarity and vivid colors. Even in the most challenging of situations, the extended dynamic range means that your Blackview dash cam will capture even more detail in highlights and shadows, and that means no blowing out license plates uh, with your headlights at night. It makes everything easier to read. It's better for evidence during the day. Colors and details are preserved throughout the whole frame. Uh, The front camera records 1080-60 FPS, uh, letting you capture critical moments even at high speed. You can slow things down. It's nice. The Blackview DR750X Plus features a built-in voltage monitor, letting you 
hardwire your Blackview for ultimate protection when you're away without draining your vehicle's battery. Without With Blackview Cloud, you can rest easy knowing you can check in on your car at any time and even receive notifications on your phone. The Blackview DR750X Plus Series, dash cams you can rely on. Go to blackview.com slash TST and use promo code TIRE, right? Blackview is V-U-E, B-L-A-C-K-V-U-E dot com slash TST. Use promo code TIRE to get 10% off any Blackview dash cam. Free shipping for all orders over $200. B-L-A-C-K-V-U-E dot com slash TST. And of course, it wouldn't be a podcast without Tradecraft Farms in the house. Last weekend, I took the 911 Safari uh, out to the Tradecraft Farms Port Wainimi location. Uh, wow, what a what a retail location for your ganja files. They really have everything, and I really went on a spree. Uh, I kept Kevon really hard at work during that shopping experience. But um, what a really beautiful location. I'm going to have to have like a Cars and Coffee out there. Um, it was it was really nice, and I never hung out in the Channel Islands before. That's a cool place to take a day trip. Um, Tradecraft has the best smokables, vapables, and edibles. You name it, they got it. If you're not in California and you can't enjoy this kind of stuff legally, I feel for you. I really do. One day you'll be part of the civilized world as well. And until then, give them a follow on Instagram, Tradecraft Farms. There used to be an underscore there. I can't go back and change all my old podcast reads, but they got rid of the underscore, which I think was a very good move. Just Tradecraft Farms on Instagram. Give them a follow and tell them your boy Matt from the Smoking Tire sent you. All right, on this episode, all the way in from the UK, talking about Top Gear USA. What's that? That's right. The token Englishman on the American Top Gear, Jethro Bovington, is in our studio, and we are talking about how he is going to blow his entire Top Gear salary on his Porsche 996. Jethro's here on the Smoking Tire Podcast. What is uh, the, the, the most obscene... Limited edition seven-figure joint you've had to go in recently. I haven't driven any for a while. I feel like I'm missing out on some of them. Why? Um, Don't you? Have, now I you have, have a Top Gear card. I, Are you kidding? Yeah, Isn't that your gig? We're, we're busy doing. <laughs> we do some really cool stuff, and then we do a lot of shit cars as well. And so shit cars are fun. I'm not. And when I'm in the US, I'm a I'm a US journalist now, I guess. But I'm a UK journalist, so when I go home in the UK. It's like I'm floating between the two. Oh, dude. So, do I do, so I do miss a few. I think I'm going to drive the Bugatti Pure Sports soon. That's very fun. Uh, That's miss, worth a go. I missed out on the Elva, but I sort of slagged that off. All me over and the Johnny, already, me, so. Johnny, and Pat pretty much ruined it for everybody. I've else. heard. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the stories. Both literally and figuratively. <laughs> I, heard, I heard the stories. And, uh, I put in a request to drive it and was denied. So the it's a, it's a shame that that is how that went because the Elva is a totally unique experience. I'm sure it's fantastic. It's I actually, just crazy. I love the way McLarens drive. I don't buy into any of these windscreenless cars. I don't get it. Well, you the 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 thing though the AAMS oh, the that ugly doesn't thing. Work. Yes, it does. No way. Oh yes, it does. Really? A hundred percent. It doesn't stop rocks. It but it stops the what, air. Like 12 miles an hour. No, no. It starts working at like <laughs> 30. 
and it works up to like 80 or 90 miles an hour. Okay. It's pretty if you're driving on a canyon, yeah. and there's no cars in front of you that are like actively kicking shit up and it's yeah. just you and the oh, there is I I promise you there's nothing like it. Because it's like driving a convertible with a window, except the window's not there. Okay. The feeling is the same. It's like there's fucking glass there, but there isn't. Really? It's, yes! It's crazy! I just can't see how it works, but okay. Well, it just bounces the air. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's an ugly, it's not attractive at yeah, all. It's when it thing. deploys, it's, it's a very shelf. stupid looking. It's a shelf. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not elegant it at all. It could be made of like MDF or something. It's carbon, but yeah, yeah but it might as well be fuck, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But I shit you not, Jethro, it does work. I'm impressed. You know, it, it, I love the idea. Like half of me is, I adore things like seven six five LT. So a lighter, faster version of that has got to be awesome. The other half is it's, like no, no. Well, what they've also done, by the way, and I don't mean to cut you off, is they they haven't done the short gearbox. Yeah, and they haven't done the race car suspension. Yeah, and it's got regular tires. Yeah, and it's got street shocks, and so. The windscreenless thing is so batshit that they didn't need to make the, the other, other stuff batshit too. So you actually don't want to go like ten tenths in this thing. If you do, you'll shit your fucking pants. Yeah. It's, it's just so crazy. <laughs> you just it feels like your face is gonna tear off. Well, yeah. I'd, I mean, I want to try it. Uh, maybe I will at some point because they're still tr struggling to sell them. So they might need a second round of media. Who knows? But yeah. I haven't driven many of those things. I'm trying to think. I drove the Wire. BC, not BC, too long ago. Yeah. Pagani always blow my mind a little bit, really, because I'm like, the wire has got that old V12, three valve per cylinder. It's not all that much of a thing. It's not like the Zonda that used to scream and have that amazing sonic noise. But things good, like it's well, it's real crazy it's, looking and the engineering. It's but it's well. dynamically really good. And you Does think the BC did the flappy thing? Yeah, very good. Yeah, to no, hear. it's. They're a tiny company, and no matter who you are, like no matter who you've got driving your car, if you're a tiny little company with effectively one test driver, you build however many cars they build a year. What do they build? Fifty, maybe less. Yeah. You just keep thinking like, well, eventually the money has to show. Like you, you don't have very much money to throw at the development, even if you're charging five million a pop or whatever. Um, and I think the early Wira was okay, but the the BC was like. Fuck, this thing's awesome. And does I drove it just it on the take track. a couple extra years to really get the fine tuning and development, or is it about having that fixed arrow, or is it? Yeah, I, I, I would say always with any car, don't buy the first iteration. Mm -hmm. It tends to not be that good, or there's quality issues or whatever. But yeah, the wire. We'll they? get to the Maki in a minute. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, I really? bought a Maki. Yeah. yeah, I heard. It's it's a fine now. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, no, no worries at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I go on. Um, but yeah, they. They nailed that thing. I had to drive it on a track, so um, we did a thing where it was like, we've got an AMG GTR, we're going to get someone quick to set a lap time, and you've got to beat it in this thing. And it's like, that it's insured for whatever it is, four and a half million dollars. Wow. <laughs> I've driven it for 20 minutes, yeah, yeah. Uh, slowly, <laughs> nope, behind no a pressure. camera car. <laughs> and and uh, the AMG GTR is fast as fuck. And the AMG's fast That's, as fuck. And it's got a pro driver in it. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, fucking hell. And it's like, it's great, but it's like a regular car. It's not like, oh, by the way, this is not actually replaceable. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and and there's, there's like a whole team of 
owners or people like there's just uh, people around it's like 110 fucking degrees <laughs> i'm dying i've been in a we had an open top one there at the same time oh, a wire road so i just done that and they're like okay just and i'm like okay i'll just go and see what it does and you've always got the value in the back of your mind like, i don't want to bin this car yeah. it's such a big bill um i think on the first lap it went three and a half four seconds quicker and just <laughs> kept going quicker and it was i was at thunder hill and we were using because we were filming for top gear we couldn't it's so difficult in the time to cover the whole track so yeah. we had a weird cut off track but down the front straight into turn one over the line i was doing over 150 and then breaking for that the, turn for one. pretty short straight too and, and like, you were using the main track but a cut off yeah, version like of it cut-off. not the side track no it was the main uh, track uh, yeah but a cut-off version, and uh, the thing just ripped, and it was fast. It was relatively easy to drive. It had the gearbox w- feel old school, though? That's it, kind of where I thought it would. It does feel a little bit old school, but there's something about the aggression in the BC that it's much more forgivable than it is in the standard car, which is like a GT car with a box that doesn't right. quite work. Um, you forgive it in the SVJ Aventador also. Yeah, yeah it's that sort of thing. Yeah. But I lo- what I loved about it, I... I I like fucking thing. Wow. I like cars that can um, give you a it's bit of a fright as well. On in that picture, and yeah, and like <laughs> you I don't, don't want it to be too easy, right? I don't want it to be too easy. Yeah. Not if it's eight hundred plus horsepower. Like you want they're it, making eight hundred horsepower pretty easy these days. Yeah, you want it to be like drivable, so it's not going to kill you. Um, but if I go that extra three or four percent, I want to get out of the car and know that I've fucking been there. Yeah. You know, like otherwise, what's the point? Like I can. I don't know that I just feel like those cars need an edge and that's why I thought it was cool. Well that's you know when you're going the what's the difference between 300 grand and 3 million? Yeah. It's got to be the the over the top engineering that someone thought to turn this thing into art that isn't jewelry, art yeah. at that level and then that level of of terrify. Mm. You know, why not I had to go that? in a Koenigsegg uh, yeah, a Gera RS, and I go, okay, I understand why that's $2 million. That makes absolute perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. I had to go in the Pure Sport, and I went, you know what? How much is that? $5 million or something? four. That gray one is spec to four, If the one that Johnny drove also. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it's fucking real crazy, that thing. Yeah, I I'm, I'm think I should get to drive that, so I'm looking forward to that. You know what's crazy about it? It's like, it's like Veyron, where it's crazy that that level of speed is so normal when you just are chilling yeah um but like that lt it's that close ratio gearbox where it really starts to get you know real crazy and i I, again i the 765 lt i don't know what the reviews were like in the u.s i read a few of the uk ones and people were like oh it's a bit scary it's this i'm like when was a 750 horsepower mid-engine supercar meant to drive like a Golf GTI? Like, yeah. I want a little bit of fear. Yeah. Like, I don't want it to spit me off the road every time, but that's why you've got all the settings and dials that I you can play with. I did burn out at 90 miles an hour right through the traction control in an LT. Really? <laughs> I mean, but I, I, didn't, I didn't say, oh, this is scary. I said, I can't believe they just sell this fucking thing to people. I, that's what I said. I had a similar thing. I actually wrote a very <laughs> similar column in Evo. I was like... It's not that they're too fast for the road now. It's the they're too fast for human beings. Yeah, That's the yeah. Role. It's like I'm not Senna, but like fuck me, you're just you're gonna have some doctor just whipping this thing like no training. Like come on. I think it's at some and I've said it for a little while. At some point, and I don't want to be the fun police because I love these cars. But at some point, someone's gonna have a huge public accident or something, and people are suddenly gonna realize because I don't, I think people outside of the car world. 
They don't realise you can buy cars for, that do 220 miles an hour with well, ease. Well, and, so right. what's well, crazy that, that, like, that you can buy a, a 720S for 300 grand and what, what all that comes with, or that you can lease a Hellcat yeah. For nine ninety nine a month. Is that what they are? <laughs> I'm it closest makes no About. difference. You know, it's something like that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, that's a car you can have a big, big accident. We were talking to Andrew, I talked yeah. to Andrew Frankel. Yeah. <laughs> he was. I was like, "Have you ever driven a Hellcat?" And he's like, "No." I was like, "You need before it before the, it ends to come him. to America." Oh, of course. I mean, I mean again, again like, a to- totally at odds with everything I normally like about cars, but so much power, stupid chassis. But probably better than it almost needs to be. The chassis is okay, and the yeah. four-door one especially yeah, yeah, yeah. will slide pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice, and, yeah. and I'm just like, this is fun. The and two-door one is pretty hairy. It's it a ca- short wheelbase for that kind of power. Yeah, but it's fun. I yeah. mean, and it again, it cracks me up because I I'm sort of in between Europe and and America, and I look at the UK media and European media, and with just talking about what EVs coming up or this, that, and the other. Every time I turn around in the US, there's another V8 being launched. Like, I yeah. just had a TRX, and then yeah. oh, I had yeah. a day in a Jeep 392, the v- the first ever V8. It's like, it's like the, the car world is disappearing. Yeah. It's just, wow. There's the an argument that TRX is, is peak gasoline, that there is no more gasoline vehicle than the TRX. It's insane. <laughs> Do you <laughs> like it? I mean, no, no, of course I don't like it. I think it's dumb as fuck, but like, but it is the logical, you know, it is the logical end conclusion of the fact that Chrysler only makes Wranglers and Hellcats. (laughs) That's That's it. it. They're incapable of making anything There is nothing else. else. I would say. Yeah, if they were were a pyrotechnic company, all of their fireworks shows would just be the finale right now. Just just the finale. That's how they start. Everybody else is like, you should warm up a little bit. But like... In the most, I have a, a client here at the shop who got a TRX and he bought it in Oklahoma. And so the thing shows up on an open trailer because it can't fit in any. You yeah, know, yeah. It's so it shows big. up, and I used to own a Raptor, and I'm just going, fuck me, this thing is enormous. It's ridiculous. There's only one spot in the shop I can park it. Yeah. One. Yeah. <laughs> and so he has that shot. But he pulls it off the trailer himself, starts it, it has three miles on it backs it into Sentinella and just drops the hammer and does like a three-gear pull up the fucking road yeah. with z- no miles on the thing. And I was like, okay, America, here we are. <laughs> this is it. You know, okay. At least it's the right... It's At least the owner has found the right car. <laughs> it is... I, I enjoyed bits about it, but it is the most pointless thing ever built, probably, isn't like, it? The kid in you can't ignore what it is. It's you hard not to not love it. The, the noise is crazy. It's the only car. How much power does it have? 700 707 or something like that? 700 yeah. and whatever the fuck. I mean, it sounds like 900 and feels like 400. <laughs> yes. 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 It probably has. Do you think it has more or less than a Honda Civic worth of drivetrain loss? <laughs> because I had a Raptor 6.2, like a, like a V8 oh, yeah, yeah, Raptor yeah, yeah, yeah. from the first gen. And it sounded like the end of the world. And it probably had 80 horsepower drivetrain loss yeah. with the four by four engaged. I mean, that's the thing. I think so much energy is lost in noise mm-hmm. and drivetrain. <laughs> like the supercharger like line. Turning fuel into noise <laughs> since 1948. <laughs> but I did some seriously big jumps in it. And it, how much does the thing weigh? Six, I don't know what that it's is. It's gotta be over six, yeah. Yeah, it's like 3,000 kilos or something. <laughs> 
and you can get like six feet of air in it yeah. and it lands and it doesn't I thought the you know the shocks would come through the tower like through the bonnet or something but that one dude figured out how to break one yeah he overshot his jump by a good 50 there's feet. like a, YouTube, oh, a yeah, youtuber down in like florida fucking dukes of hazard oh, really? motherfucker oh yeah so he landed he blew it out you know, the, the right <laughs> wheel came down first from quite high at quite a rate of speed and the ground was soft and it just crushed everything oh did the it body. it was yeah, brutal it was oh i love yeah, it they made it into like 11 videos and then he got another one well that's i mean but fair enough. Into eleven it, videos is yeah. how you said. Yeah, that's welcome to YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I mean, f- but fair enough. It will do most. It will do most stupid stuff. Maybe it can't survive oh, yeah. Florida Man, but it can survive pretty much everything. Nothing else. will survive <laughs> Florida Man. Well, they have to if they want to compete with you know, the Raptor. It's a the Raptor Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be a good car series, though. Just shit in Florida. I mean, <laughs> manufacturers might not want to lend you cars. If he, I mean that dude, uh, you know Cletus, he makes a, he gets a lot of content out of Florida. Does so they does Freddie. So does Freddie. Yeah, you know oh, you know that dude. A track. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He bought a fucking race track. And they have a good yeah. time. I don't. I think. I think it was. It might have even been under a million dollars. I mean, it was. That's he bought insane. a track for a pretty reasonable. What I mean, look, not that that's not a lot of money, but track yeah it's a pretty reasonable amount of money all things it's considered cool. yeah, it's amazing. Have your own track. it's amazing of course you have to live in central florida dude but they do we'll shit like this the, the crown vic race they do every oh, couple I months with like pro driver super fun he's figured out a loophole he is doing they're doing their own pay-per-view Fucking, and they're having YouTubers come race cop cars it's is a great any, idea dude john giddon was there it. chelsea denofa they put nitrous in all the cars so, yeah, I saw something on the last one because Randy was doing mm-hmm. it, and I follow him on <laughs> Insta and stuff. And he, oh yeah, Tanner did uh, yeah, yeah, Tanner did it too. And did Tanner win? And Randy came second or no, something? No, no, some I think someone some, won who I'd never heard of. Oh, really? Like some a dirt race kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, he 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 said that he he figured everyone at the front of the pack was just going to crash or burn their cars out, so he hung at the back, and I guess it worked, and he saved his nitrous. He ended up winning. I've never okay. heard him before, but uh, I want it to like invite great to that. mayhem. That yes. does actually look yes. fun. I mean, in hindsight, it does seem like using your nitrous early, if you've seen The Fast and the Furious, is a poor strategy. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. We've, we've all, we all know this That's at this true. point. And change down just at the end. Just <laughs> always. When you, when you want to go faster. You always downshift. <laughs> <laughs> downshift. Have you ever driven a car like... You know, it's like a, like a GT3 or something where where you downshift from a number where you can't believe you just did that. You go, I just downshifted from six. What, what am I even doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, in a GT3, you feel like you sometimes have to. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, PDK you, does that for you. Sometimes it Yeah, will, I don't yeah. like... I mean, I know it's the fastest way, but I don't like the full auto mode. In, you don't use it, though, do you? A lot I, of people do. No, but you don't. No. Do you? You're smarter than a... A PDK is smarter than a lot of people, but it's not smarter than no, Jethro. A, no, a PDK is quicker, I'm sure. Than you? Yeah, have you ever driven PDK on the track? Because it throws in downshifts, and you're like, there is no fucking way <laughs> it downshifts to, like, you know, 7,800 mm-hmm, RPM in, in in the middle of a corner. The only really thing difference I've found when I put it in, into, into PDK is that it uses a lot more first than I would ever use. I don't go to first, typically. Yeah, I don't... Um, I don't like it, but it's quick. I find it very freaky. I did it for, I was setting a lap time somewhere and I was like, I'm just gonna try it in an auto mode. And just steering and not doing anything with my hands or my leg or anything, it felt weird, but it was it was faster, annoyingly. That's fine. What, what do you not like about PDK? Do you just not like paddle shift the transmission No, general, I don't or? mind PDK. Um, I don't want it to do everything for me. I like to play around with the paddles if I'm gonna have a PDK. I wouldn't have, for me, 911's more than any other car 
are about the feedback yeah. and the interaction. So for me, that the worst candidate, even though they've maybe the best twin clutch box, but the worst candidate for a twin clutch box is a 911. Got it. I don't give a shit if I'm half a second slower around track. I don't go to track days to set lap times or qualifying laps anyway. Like I go, I yeah. would go and enjoy myself. And on the road, I definitely don't want to go any faster. Like, what? Why would you? No, we're at peak road speed. Way beyond. Remember in like, remember you you weren't there. I wasn't there. But we've seen the footage in the 1960s when all of a sudden they doubled the horsepower of the Formula One cars and yeah. didn't change the track <laughs> at all. And then everyone fucking Every, died. Everyone dies. Yeah. Everybody dies. The next five years, it's like two people a year, three people a year die. Yeah. And it's just like the cars have gotten really, really, really fast. Really fast. And now EVs have come along and they're going to mm. change the game again. Yeah. The question is like, why? Like, wh who's? How can you put a stop to it? And you, and you can't. You speak to the manufacturers, and they're like, "New ones always got to be faster." And engineers will often even agree with you. They're like, "I get it. Go and tell my marketing director that we want the next car to mm -hmm. be a bit lighter and a bit slower." They're they not, won't. They, yeah, they, they just won't, won't do it because they don't feel like they can sell the cars. And things you would like, hope the success of like the GT3 Touring would have driven someone to say, "Okay, there's." There's there's something here, you know. Maybe, maybe, and it should. But I just wonder at the the more mass level yeah, because people right. who buy a Civic, Civic Type R or whatever, the thing they want to go is hunt down a 911 GT3, isn't it? They don't want it to be less powerful and lighter. Right, and people like us will shop on subje subjective terms, but mm. the masses want to walk in and go, which one's the fastest one? Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, all cars are. I I love fast cars, and I don't want to say it, but they're they're so quick. If you drive a I drove that Civic LE recently. The, the oh, Civic the, the yellow one. Yeah, 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 LE. Yeah, yeah. We had it too. It's, it's fucking mega. good, wasn't it? It's absolutely it's really wicked. Brutal. We had it. We had the M4 afterwards, and it was sort of like, oh shit, this is not good. A good look for the M4 to be bumped up next to this thing. I, I thought it was great. It was so fun. But if you drove, if you took a someone who was sort of into cars but not driven that much, and drove them as fast as that thing would go on a road. They'd blow their mind. Yeah. Like the grip, the response, how you're always doing over 9,500 miles an hour on a, on a normal road. Like, and that's a 35, yeah. well, 43 grand or whatever it is, hot hatch. So, have you seen what the dealers want on that? No, I haven't seen. Oh my God. People have lost their goddamn they have. minds. Oh, yeah. Them yellow cars, bro, 30, 40, 50,000 wow. dollars on top of the car plus the car. People are spending seventy or eighty thousand dollars on those yellow Civics. Yeah, isn't that bad shit? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the U, uh, it. how many they're building six hundred or something? I think the US yeah. is getting nearly all of them. It's getting yeah. three hundred or four hundred or something. In the UK, they're getting like ten. And I read about it, and it's like ten. But, yeah, that's that, or fifteen or something. Single digits. That sucks. But <laughs> you know, in, but in the UK, it's different. The dealers can't mark up. It's illegal for them to mark up the car. That's very Ooh. interesting. So they can, they can, if some, if they sold one and got it back, they could mark it up. But right. as a new car, they're not allowed to mark it up. So you don't get dealers with GT3s at 30 grand over unless they're pre-registered mm. or you know they're one owner cars effectively. Oh, see here the dealership would just sell it to himself <laughs> and then it would be considered used and then they would mark it up. Yeah, I mean <laughs> there's there is a, there's a very 
regular scam that happens. It's exactly what Zach just described. Yeah, I, they wouldn't <clears throat> do that because they'd probably lose their dealership if it was a Porsche dealership or mm. something in the UK. But there is this markup, but it's it's used cars, even if they've done delivery miles or whatever. But right, the Civics right. will all go for the normal money, and then the, someone will try and sell them. Uh, a Ferraris bit here are the only company that I know of that doesn't allow their dealers to sell cars, new cars, over sticker. Because they're already doing it. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they do it at a corporate level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's cold as ice. Very funny. But that's how that's where the used car flip game comes from, you know? Yeah. Where they'll sell you a five mile used car or whatever for 150 over. Yeah. Because it can't get an allocation on the, the new one. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So it's a bit different. But yeah, I mean, that Civic was special. That was good. It was very cool. Reaffirmed really, my belief really cool. in front wheel drive cars, which I like. And I drove. Did you drive the Integra of yeah. theirs recently? Yeah. I, see, I see drove embargo the, off the 1998 Integra. So we can talk about it. Yeah, I, I know. What? There's an embargo. Bro, there was an embargo. Bro, it's 4:30 p.m. the day before on <laughs> yeah. the live show. Hey, no one's driven this car other than everyone we know. They invited Just us like, to drive 20 yeah. year old cars and then told us there was an embargo on it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. I swear to God, I swear, dude. <laughs> Why? I don't know. And I saw I saw Jeff Glucker there who had that car as a press car for a week in November, which is funny because they were they were launching other new cars there, but I guess they just wanted to tie. So it what together. else did they have? They want to get us excited about the new TLX Type S. Is that the sedan thing? Yes. Yeah. And so they had. They invited us, but I couldn't go because I had to go shoot some Haggerty shit in Detroit. Yeah. But Zach went to drive the two thousand and. Five, six, CL Type S. I drove that, and I drove the. the it was a the, 2001 Integra Type R. Okay, so yeah, old, that's all I drove. I drove that very Integra. It's yeah, the Owen. Fucking brilliant. It's really nice. I mean, the Ooh. thing you, if you want to make your TLX Type S feel impressive, don't put someone in an Integra Type R to start with. You know, that was got no. Home. I know. That I was drove my first I drove in the wrong order. I drove the wrong order. I think. Yeah, I think that's why they gapped them out by a month. Uh, okay. It was the beginning of April, and then the TLX is the beginning of May. It's, it's tricky for you. You wouldn't want to put, yeah. have them both in the paddock at Laguna Seca, would yeah. you? I mean, I, I get the like lean on your heritage, right? But you have to be careful because that Integra is like one of the great drivers' cars, front wheel drive, rear wheel drive, whatever. It's so good, so neutral. I was amazed. So light, so neutral. amazing steering. That diff that's like magic yeah, that gets really rid of the is. understeer. So adjustable, and it it does like four wheel drift. It's like driving a Goodwood historic race car or something, isn't it? It's like all your uh, Goodwood fantasies I came in like a, a, in a third gear corner and I just lifted a little bit and I just felt the front, no, like the nose come in, the back come out, like really, really gently. The way you'd want a rear-wheel drive car, the, the progress of yeah, that yeah. is yeah. exactly what you want. And I was like, this is amazing. It's like good. They, they got it all correct. They, they really did. I, I drove the, those two cars on the same day, so the Civic LE and uh, that. Okay. And they're totally different. Like one is super aggressive, lockdown, hardcore, the Civic, and then that thing's super flipped. But I thought both were brilliant. I mm -hmm. really enjoyed them. I drove one Integra Type R once, and it was fabulous. Um, but it's been a very long time. Mm. I'm bummed out I didn't get to do the ones with Zach. It was fun. I mean, they're, gut they're gutless below. They are. I don't know, 6,000 RPM. Like E30 M3s. <laughs> yeah. E30 M3s, if you're not already going 60, they're fucking worthless. I've driven them a lot, and I'm sort of the same opinion. They're mega when you get up to speed, um, but everyone thinks low power means um, 
more fun at low speed. But I find in like an E30, you have to be so committed yeah. because you don't have any power to put you in that zone. Like, yeah. So you have to be on the limit of grip on turning, not because with a 600 horsepower rear wheel drive, I'm sure you found with like the new M3. No problem. You, if you want to light up the rears or get on the limit, you don't have to commit on the way in. You just choose mm, your yeah. moment. But with an E30 or maybe even an Integra, you need to carry speed. Um, that's why I that's like hard the six on the road. E30s. Yeah, I've never the, tried that. The six cylinder E30s are, are fun. Oh, what like a three two five? Three two five IS. Oh, okay. Like I'm just I'm I'm team six cylinder E30. I'm also team E28 M5. I've driven those. Yeah, they're, they're the fucking. I've got an old E30 that we put a three liter straight six in yeah, from like a five three five, but it it was shit. The engine was junk. But we I hope one day to put a proper engine in it. My favorite BMW of any generation that I have ever driven in my life was an E30 that had a S uh, S54 yeah. swapped into it, and it was absolutely like the perfect front engine rear drive. Experience. It was I, the. It couldn't couldn't be beat. Yeah, I bet that's great. With I, six speed of. I fucking always thought ruled. one with a S two thousand motor Ooh. with a supercharger on oh. would be the shit. Well, that, that seems like you're really putting a lot of work in. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But I'm just talking about fantasy. I uh, drove a, a Corolla eighty six, an old an old AE eighty six oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. an S two thousand drivetrain. Oh, that would be and great. That was a really good time. Yeah, I drove one of those just once and enjoyed it a lot. It, again, old eighty six to work it. Yeah. It was great fun. They're very fun. Yeah, it was a sweet little thing. I had the good fortune of testing one of those on a racetrack in New Zealand, and it was raining that day. Oh, perfect. And it was just, you know, yeah. no better use of 120 horsepower. Exactly. It yeah. was fabulous. Yeah. How do you like this whiskey? Um, I mean, I don't love any whiskey, but... <laughs> well, um, thanks for being a true but, <laughs> but it's fine. It's a Nashville barrel. Is this from Johnny? Straight wild. No, it's not. I wouldn't give you that swill. I was going to say. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd say it's terrible. Jumping ground if it came from him. Um, what else uh, has been? Uh, wait, let's talk about. Can we talk about Top Gear for a minute? We can because it's like it's, that's the show, right? That's 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 the big leagues. That's the made. That's Major League Baseball. That's like is it? That's well, that's the big <laughs> show, isn't it? It's, that's the fuck. That's the business card to end business cards in this business, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean. What's the perception of Top Gear America in America, like previous ones? Because it's a whole new thing for me. Like, I never... Re- it, it was pretty successful, the one with Tanner and Routledge yeah, and everything. seven seasons. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking great Which for is great. any show yeah. in America. I, hear any, I only hear pretty good things about that one. In the first two seasons, they flagrantly repeated bits from the British show. Yeah. And they also had a sort of studio segment with celebrity yeah. interviews and stuff like that. And it didn't really work here. And yeah. then they switched to a shitbox adventures only format yeah. with the occasional supercard skitty film. Yeah. And it worked very well. Yeah. It's a tr- it's a the honest truth is it's really good fun. I love doing it. Uh, and I feel initially you know what it's like as soon as Top Gear is mentioned it's scary it's like Fuck yeah dude it's like as a big legacy people basically love to tell you if you do something that's cool Top Gear that doesn't have Clarkson in that it's terrible like it doesn't matter what you do you could build the greatest show in the world and there'd be those people who said that so I was meanwhile the Grand Tour is exhausting yeah I <laughs> a couple of their specials have been great they've, they have, they've had a couple of good yeah. bits but the, as, a, as a whole it's exhausting yeah um, but I I just went in and was like, let's see what this is all about. I got a call up very late even to do a test on it. Um, I didn't know that much about Dax and Rob. 
went to the test thinking, what's this all going to be? Well, like, what's it going to be about? Is it going to be weird? Is it going to work? And then I met them and they're just funny dudes. Like, Dax is very good. Dax, Dax is, is a winner. Dax is a fucking great guy. He's been unbelievably kind to me. He's a really good dude. He always fights your corner once you've got him on side. He drives really well. Um, he loves cars in a completely different way to I love cars. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty funny. Like he, he always wants the Hellcat type. That's his thing. Yeah, like, well, he, he's a redneck. He, he loves. He loves. Yeah, he's. he's he <laughs> like loves his Lincoln Hellcat. is awesome. The Pro Touring Lincoln yeah. Continental he built. He just rips burnouts and drifts in it. And yeah, and he goes off road. He goes to Glamis mm-hmm. and does all that. Yeah, stuff. he's like a dune guy. Yeah, he's he got, goes to the fucking dunes. He's, he's got, got big power. He's, he's, they're like a sand family. Yeah, he's got like Send it he's got buggies, but he's also got a big sand rail thing with like a thousand horsepower. Yeah, that's so awesome. I was like, this guy's actually really cool and knows what he's talking about. Not in the stuff I do. You but ever watch he, his movies? Yeah, I did you someone. watch like Hit and Run or Chips? Yeah, 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 yeah. Chips is like shockingly authentic when it comes to the motorcycle scenes, and well, he, he and he did most of the riding yeah. and stuff, and he does he tries to do his stunt driving and all the rest. Of it. He's like a he's a proper guy. Yeah, and then Hit and Run cracked me up when Hit I watched it. Hit and Run was it. hilarious because I was so clearly just like how do I get someone exactly. to subsidize me being an <laughs> asshole in someone else's car? I loved it because every scene I was like, okay, what's he gonna drive in this scene? It was like he he just had like a list of things. Things he wanted to do yeah. in cars, and he put them all in a film. Yeah, I don't know if the plot holds up, but it's certainly hilarious it, if you want to see Dax's evolution as a car stunt coordinator. Yeah, yeah. It, it's brilliant. <laughs> so I enjoyed that, and then, um, and then Rob's just, just straight up and down hilarious. So what's sp- his car resume? Does he have any car? He's very, he's obviously a very funny guy, Rob Cordry. But yeah. Does he have a car resume of any kind? Yeah, I mean, he's he's into cars, but I guess if you were going to like. I don't like doing all the pigeonhole stuff of what the characters are, but he's more like on the general viewer type side. You uh-huh. know? So he's got a he's got a nine nine one Carrera S. Okay. Um, he's got an old Datsun two forty Z thing, cool. yeah, which he's cool. thinking of doing engine upgrades and stuff on. Oh. Um, and he's got to be the most popular car that our guests have. Like, we've had so many guests that have have had. 240 and 280. Oh, really? They all put RBs in them out of Skylines. That's yeah. what everybody does. So that's what he was talking about that. He was talking about a few other things. But they didn't. They started making RB motors again, didn't they, in Japan? And I was like, you should uh, maybe well, you buy, buy one of these here. Ones. Yeah. You don't need to go to Japan and buy one for But Nismo local. make them now, like brand new ones. I mean, yeah, you want to spend like $40,000 on an RB? You can get one. <laughs> I can find you an RB right now for like $2,500. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Amelia's uh, well, got them shits uh, like laying around. Nissan <laughs> Nissan Heritage Parts Department started manufacturing, manufacturing blocks. There, you, blocks go. there you go. There you go. But yeah, so he's um, so he loves he he loves it, and it's been really fun watching him. Like his eyes, just every time we do something new um, that he's never done before, be it track driving, snow driving, jumping stuff, doing that, you can see him just like. Oh my god! This is, oh, this is awesome. This is also fun. Yeah, this is yes, awesome. This is also fun. And I spoke to him about. He went back to work to do his other show, um, Unicorn, and and in, and he loves doing that. That's his thing. It's like comedy and improv, and he's so good at it. Um, and I spoke to him. I was like, "How's it going?" He's like, "Yeah, it's great. It's like so nice to be back in my comfort zone." And then he was like. It's not as much fun as doing talk here. He's like, I don't feel scared on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, well, so if you're having fun, it's easy to not really even give a shit if it like if it works or because like you were there, it was fun, like whatever. Yeah. You know. But I think 
I feel I'm not saying it doesn't work, by the, the way. I know just, you're about to tell me it's the greatest Top Gear iteration. It's the fucking ever. best. <laughs> It's the best. <laughs> it's right behind uh, the Chris Evans version, which was my favorite. Oh, yeah. My, One my, of my far favorites. my favorite. <laughs> Chris <laughs> No, I think, I mean, I think I've enjoyed doing it, and I think some of the episodes have been good. And the thing that is encouraging from um, my future point of view is that what they want to do is create a relatively broad show that people who like cars will watch because there'll be like a supercar review in the middle or whatever. Um, but families sit down and watch because that was the magic of Top Gear back in the day. Mm-hmm. And in the UK now, again, with Chris Harris and uh, Freddie Flintoff and um, Paddy McGuinness, they've got that again. Like my kids love watching it and all the rest of it. Are they doing well over there? I have no idea what the They're UK really well. thinks of them. I mean, I love Chris Harris, but I don't fucking know what England no, the thinks show's of them right done. Now. So it was traditionally on BBC Two, which is like the second BBC channel on a Sunday evening. That was always its slot. And then last year, they moved it to BBC One for the first time ever. So that's how well it's done. That's when Chris got that nice thing. <laughs> he has lots of nice <laughs> got a, things. I know, he got a few toys over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're doing really well, and and we've seemed to have got that. I hear a lot from people that like I watched it with my kids. It was great fun. We loved it. And Dax and Rob, particularly Dax, because of his podcast, brings a really big, um, broad audience to it, which is why I guess they went and got him. You know. How weird is that to be like on a show that was like the biggest show ever when you were like growing up okay. and now you're like, well, it's because of his podcast that this is a huge, well, <laughs> this is a big thing. I mean, it's crazy, Gear, right? the brand is huge, but right, things change. It's just a change. weird world. Right. Yeah. Things change. And, it, and it's, but it works pretty well. I really, really enjoy doing it. They're really good fun to hang around with. And Have I, you found any new shit boxes that you like? That you didn't think you would actually like, but are, are really actually fine quality en- engineering any, items? No. <laughs> <laughs> I like Anything worse than you actually imagined? I like driving the crappy old car. So this is the reason, and I think maybe the internet doesn't, I mean, the internet doesn't get a lot of things, but the people who want me to just do car reviews, which I love doing, proper serious stuff that I've done in the past, that's great, but it doesn't translate necessarily into a Top Gear format. And the reason why it's quite easy to revert to the old stuff, it's pretty simple. You can smash into each other, you can jump them, you can set them on fire, you can drive them through a forest, you can do all those things, and it's fun to do. Destruction cells. So that's great. And I, and I love doing all that fun stuff. Um, I wouldn't say the cars are amazing. What's the best thing I did? I built a 350Z, oh, yes. like Overlander thing. Oh, yes. We did an Overlander episode. That would episode. probably work well, right? It was brilliant. <laughs> it was, so it was like your safari. Safari cars are awesome. It was like your yeah. Safari 911, but done, you know, the, the car was probably three grand or two grand or yeah. something. And then they just put, they lifted it a little bit and put a roof tent on it. And we went out to like a volcanic forest area near Sedona, Arizona. Mm-hmm. So much fun. I bet it was amazing. Like, immediately I got in it and got stuck because they'd parked it on like this, the most, the deepest part. But after that, it didn't get stuck once. It went everywhere and it jumped and it slid around. And I was like, this thing's mega. And Who's uh, building that I mean, shit for you guys? I don't know. They've got a couple of different places. I don't get too involved in, in it. Um, which Does he have like long travel shocks was it kind of properly it, it done did. And it, worked. It, it did it wasn't pr- oh you know, there you it, go if you were it doing it pretty but yeah if you were doing it yourself you'd probably mm-hmm. spend a bit more on the suspension stuff but okay. the basic concept i was like i've done 24-hour races in the zeds back in the day 
they're almost indestructible. They're unbelievably tough things. <clears throat> and I was like, I just want something that's going to go the whole time. Because stuff breaking is fun for the TV, but it's annoying if no, it's, it's your it's car. Your shit. Because yeah, you're like, now I'm out of the game and I can't do the fun stuff. And there was a big jump I was going to do, you know, on day two or whatever. So um, I just wanted something strong and rear wheel drive. And it was mega. These are great, man. It was really fun. There's that a dude like named uh, Naoki who runs a drift school up at Willow Springs. I mean, is there like a harsher environment on the planet to run a drift school in Willow Springs? <laughs> like dusty, <laughs> fucking 40 mile an hour yeah. winds, a thousand degrees. You yeah, know. And if you go off, and this dude's got it. a Z with an old school HKS centrifugal blower on it. Oh, nice! Old school, and he teaches drifting in this thing. He's never had to repair anything on it ever. They're, they are awesome. I did, I did a twenty-four hour race in one, and we actually did manage to break it. I can't remember how. We blew the head gasket basically. Got into the pits, and they were like, "We'll just fill it with water." This was like our. 12. We just kept filling it with water. We, we finished the race. Wow. Then I did an entire race season in this other series. They never replaced the engine. We just filled it with water every <laughs> time. Right, really? Every <laughs> single time? <laughs> we just kept filling it up. <laughs> it just kept going. It was just like awesome. white smoking the whole fucking <laughs> you, time. You barely noticed a thing. That's it still had the so power. And I, and I was like, this thing's the best. Yeah, it's like indestructible. Great. Zach and I were driving. Do you know what a Toyota Mirai is? The hydrogen, the thing. hydrogen thing. You can yeah. only buy it in California. Yeah, we were driving it last week. Our video just went up. Check it on YouTube. You know, we're in the canyons filming this thing, so it's like a hundred horse. It's, no, what is it? One hundred eighty horse. One hundred eighty-two horsepower. It's, it's not fast. Yeah, it's a big, big sedan. It's not fast. So you're using a lot of throttle. You're liberal with the throttle. When you throttle it. It steams. Oh, really? Like, it doesn't drip liquid water onto the ground. It, it, it just it steams. Puffs, yeah, like an old steam car. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. So we're doing, like, the car-to-car up the canyon. So Zach's, like, hammer down in this thing, and it's just, like, steaming. It's and so that's really a, funny. So it's a fuel cell, but that drives what? An electric motor that drives the wheels. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. the rear wheels. Oh, really? As a matter of fact. They built it on a Lexus platform. Oh, okay. It, they could have put a different grill and a different badge on this thing and called it a Lexus and justified the $65,000 price. Yeah. Instead, they called it a Toyota, and I don't really know why they did that. But it would have been a nice Lexus. Yeah. It would have. It would have I been like the idea. Lexus. I mean, I don't know. Who knows what's going to go on in the future? But it seems like a pretty good thing. If I mean, the infrastructure's there, it's just it's convincing not. everyone. <laughs> But we have petrol stations. It's possible. Yeah, but it's, it's possible. possible. There. There, there's yeah. driveways and yeah. there's like shade and a pumping system. But there's a lot. There's just a lot that goes into getting hydrogen out of the atmosphere or the, the ground and all that stuff. And that's mm. the, that's the thing that's like really far behind. Has Porsche saved us with synthetic fuel, or is that just a little PR spin? I don't know. There's a well, lot of people researching that. I yeah, mean, there's yeah, people talking know. about how to turn other things into a liquid mm. that would then drive an engine. That's Kevin Zinger guy. Yeah, talking, I've, I've interviewed him, actually. He's, he's an interesting he's guy. He's fucking... He's either a genius or he's spun off to some other... On the some car's other cool, though. Yeah, but the car is really is. cool. The, really the car cool. is really Have cool. You yeah. No, I've... Um, I went to see them real early on and they were saying that there would be a development story at some point, but it's been a while. I wonder if there's been a delay or something. I wonder what could have caused a delay in an experimental vehicle <laughs> production printed. over the last year. <laughs> but I like the idea of it. It was yeah. cool. And I love that they were doing supercar in tech style, you know, like doing it, it only could be in California, which I is like a great idea. I like that you could set up his little 
3D printer anywhere in the world and start printing cars. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty wild. Yeah. We were just, I just went to this um, off-road show this weekend. Um, shout out to Mud Syndicate on Instagram. They put together show downtown, vintage off-road vehicles. They were trying to do a lift sort of thing. But I don't know if vintage off-road vehicles have the je ne sais quoi necessarily to, to pull a lift type audience, but shout out to them for trying. Yeah. I, I was there with the with the safari, and there was I, don't, I wouldn't have opened that frame with the Bentega <laughs> with the if I was them. I appreciate they thought of the safari was cool, but there's a background of a Bentega. So that was the cleanest TJ on the planet, by the way, in case you're almost wondering. But, um, oh shit, what were we talking about? Uh, how did we get there? Zinger. 3D printing. 3D printing. Because there was the Bollinger Motors was there. Have you oh, seen okay. this yeah, thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Right? We just went by oh, it. Yeah, with the front. Which, it, like, it looks almost like an old school Land Rover, yeah. but it's electric. Is it real? It was driven there. I just, I see so much stuff in the press about Bollinger, Rivian, so-and-so's brought, I, I see it daily, and I'm like, mm-hmm. where are these cars? Do they there exist? Are, a lot are of they ever going to exist? trucks that are being promoted every couple months. There's mm. a new one. I, and I agree. You're like, okay. I did I get overtaken by a Rivian just yesterday. Did you really? I did, a yeah. prototype? Yeah. I was like, I've I, seen saw, a prototype I saw it in the mirror, well. and I was like, I think that's a Rivian. I can't keep up. There's so many of them. And I was like, I think it's a Rivian, and it came past me. One was, of the yeah. best things Look about good. living in LA is that you see the prototypes. They're yeah, being loads. driven around. I saw a Taycan cross Turismo like four months ago. Um, and where I live in Venice, I live on uh, BMW's fuel economy route. Oh, okay. So I see the BMWs and also the Rolls Royces and all this stuff. I saw a Cullinan prototype like four years ago. It's funny around. how it was awesome. It's funny how they're so secretive about their prototypes, but their engineers always choose like LA <laughs> for cars or in the winter. What could we do? Oh, let's go to some frozen lakes and skid around because we must test the ESP. Yeah. We must tune the ABS. It's, I'm sure they're just all cracking up to it. There's like a WhatsApp group of engineers and it will be like Porsche and say, it's like, how are you going to sell the winter testing this year? I don't know. Let's say something about new ESC. Bosch are bringing out a new one. <laughs> haven't we been in the world? They're just like, they're having a lot. South Africa. South Africa. Is South like Africa is a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I'd love, oh, yes, we have to go to Cape Town. Why? Exactly. Uh, because <laughs> we must, we must be in Cape Town. Yeah, we need to check out these hotel car parks. <laughs> they're really important to see if we can get in them. Yeah, I love no, that. They, we're not, we're joking. We appreciate your hot weather and cold weather testing. Oh, no, sure. I'm sure they do an extremely important job. <laughs> they do. When they're pissing around for three you months know, a year on a frozen see it lake. When certain companies don't do that type of testing. That's true. I don't know if you've seen the countless videos of like Model 3s with their head taillights full of water. Yeah, <laughs> like I have seen that. Like that. It's just not, I have seen it's that. not so good. <laughs> so has your Mustang been a problem? No, it has not been a problem. I, and um, it, it, basically there was some type of software issue that made itself apparent the very second we went to leave the dealership, which is a terrible uh, time for something bad to happen. All that happens is the main center screen went black. Okay. It doesn't stop the car from driving or anything. It just fucking goes black. And if you stop the car and do like a turn it off, wait 60 seconds, turn it back on, it comes back. Yeah. But it was annoying enough that I was like, yeah, I'm not driving that car home right now. And they ran a software update on it. They then delivered the car to me the next day. Galpin Ford was really nice. They were very 
red faced and sheepish yeah. about the problem. Fucking Jim Farley treated, tweeted at me the next day. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I didn't. Wow. Ask, I didn't ask him to. I was like, oh boy, there's someone. Someone ran this yeah. on the flagpole. Uh, but um, and there was an over the air update last week. We've had absolutely no problem since. They brought me the car the next day, and it was. It I was hate fun. good things about it. I love it. I love it. And Hannah loves it. And it sucks that we had that experience. It was bad timing, yeah. but. Whatever. The dealer did what they could. The company did what they could. There was an update. It hasn't happened since. What can I tell you? It's yeah. nice. It's I'm a just cool not, car. I'm not... I am intrigued by EVs, and I've driven some that I've really, really enjoyed. I'm just not ready to do, to go there, because I think in Europe is a subtly different conversation, because we know for a fact that internal combustion is going to be banned, basically. Mm-hmm. So we're on this countdown, and I'm like... Just wait. Holding out. Like, why not? Why not just wait? The, yeah. the, uh, one day I'm going to have to drive this thing, so let's wait until that day sure. arrives. That's I, fair. I just I only like EVs for the part of my life that is spent in this this horrible grid. Yeah, yeah, yeah Going a yeah. hundred yards at a time and then stopping. Yeah. For that, it's great. Yeah, for everything else, good. I'll take my old shit. You know. Yeah, you've got a good, pretty good. Mix. Yeah, I have enough stupid <laughs> stuff. <laughs> the Ferrari, this the is, Lambo. This thing is for is really for my wife. The the, the Maki. And it's our appliance car. When you have five stupid cars, one appliance car, I think it's fine. Is appropriate. I think you're doing good. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's all right. Do you have any? Did you buy any stupid cars? Uh, no, I still just got the Porsche and the um, Citroen DS. Oh, well, yeah, but didn't I see on your Instagram that somebody was that was that you? The Porsche. That they're putting some fucking monster motor in your Porsche. Yeah. So my Porsche. It's been like this ongoing fucking saga that's gone on for about two years. So something went wrong. No one could really tell me what went wrong. Ooh, ooh, IMS bearing. I don't think it was, actually. Um, But the beauty of having a 996, wherever you go, they will always tell you you need a new engine, even if you need to refill your washer fluid. Like, it's that. It's so annoying. And I I just wasn't 100% trusting about it. And I was like, this something going on but I don't know what it is anyway I by this point I'd committed and spent a lot of money on suspension like KW Club Sports I'd, the whole underside of the car was going to be brand new um, and then finally uh, it was like the engine's going to need a rebuild and I it's quite expensive yeah. I don't I don't have the I've like unwittingly become a 996 cheerleader um, because everyone suddenly hates them I've always liked them I think they're great are you just being a contrarian no, I've always liked it. I mean, I grew up reading about 996s, winning every magazine group test, winning everything, great new 911, yeah, yeah. lighter, stiffer, faster than 993, and then suddenly they became the worst car ever. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it, the truth is they're not as unreliable unreliable as people say, but when they do let go, it's a massive ball ache yeah, because yeah. the cost to fix it in relation to what the car is worth Yeah, your $25,000 car now needs an $18,000 yeah. engine. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing that's the ball ache. Um, and I was looking down, I wasn't going to just get rid of the car because I love it, and I was looking down like 12 grand, 15 grand if I want to do a 3.7 M96 motor. And then I just looked on eBay and saw loads of salvage 991 engines that's and they're cheap they're like really cheap so i rang litchfield who were doing all the other work who do gtrs they do all yeah. chris harris's car he's a, he's such a good guy and i trust him implicitly and that's all you really need in a in someone how looking have we never your heard of litchfield until like 
a year ago. Who were they before? Oh, I remember seeing them on Top ago. Gear. They built a Subaru that was on Top Gear like oh, really? 15 years ago. Really? Yeah. When they were starting out. Oh, okay. He's a, he's a cool guy. So basically, he started off, I think he did a university um, project on like importing cars <clears> from <throat> Japan, and he started importing MX5s, mm-hmm. Unos Roadsters, as they were. And I think his uh, university lecturer was like, this is really good. You should think about doing it. And he started doing it. Then he started doing Subarus. And at the time, it was the massive Subaru Evo craze uh-huh. in the UK. And because he's into engineering and stuff, and because he's he's just got this polish and professionalism about himself, he started developing the cars. He started going to Bilstein. And rather than just... What I love about him, rather than just buy suspension, he'll go to Billstone and be like, we want to build this special car. We want to con- we want to work with you. So he ends up collaborating with Billstone and Michelin and all these people. Uh, and then he built a huge, um, a pretty big operation doing the Subaru stuff, built his own unique cars, brought in all the really cool Jap- Japanese stuff, um, two-liter engines, all the high-revving yeah, stuff, yeah. Type R ARs Those JDMWRX yeah. engines are awesome. Yeah, all that cool They're stuff. They're completely different from the American shit. Yeah. They yeah, feel totally different. Oh, totally they different. sound totally different. They rev different. to 8,000 Yeah, they make completely different power. I, and the First sh- time I drove a JDM WRX hard, I was like, where the fuck has this thing come from? Yeah, I know. They're it's awesome. totally different. Yeah, and the spec Cs, uh, like early 2000s spec mm-hmm. Cs and Type R ARs, Did you see Bring a Trailer unreal. Today? Oh, the 22B. Was it 315 grand? $320,000, Zachary. That's serious. The Subaru 22B. You have it pre-pulled up? That is serious money. Two, that's, I mean, about a, about a year and a half ago, I saw one, like, there was like a hundred and change. And yeah. I was like, I can't that's believe it. Yeah. I cannot believe it. But <laughs> But yeah, anyway, he got lucky when the GTR came out. And now he has, like, he is the preeminent GTR guy in the UK. He's building all these amazing things. But he's always got his eye on the next thing. So then he starts looking at yeah, McLaren. GTRs are done. Yeah, McLaren, Ferrari, Porsche. So he does a lot of Porsche stuff. He does McLarens. He does Ferraris, Audis. Um, and he's like the only guy I really trusted to just, here's my car. Tell me what's up with it. And then I saw the 991 engines and I texted him. I was like, what do you think about a 991 engine? And typical of him, he didn't commit to anything. He was just like, let me just have a think about it. And then like half an hour later, he rang me. He was like, yeah, I've spoken to Zyvex. They can do the engine management side. It's going to be really tricky doing this and this. I think we can do it. And then he said, I reckon I could build some seriously cool hot rod 996s and 997s. So let's do it. So I was like, great. A week later. By turning the 991 engine swaps into a business? Yeah, and yeah. doing like really cool. Yeah, yeah. Because right. he knows. what. What? It's an S engine? It's a career S it's engine? It's a 3.8 S engine. Uh-huh. So he actually got um, a salvage car. A week later, he rang me, found a car, basically a, a truck had backed into it and done the whole side. So it only done 15,000 miles or Sick. something. Um, and then he just started working on it. And then the project <clears throat> escalated. Yes, it does. <laughs> that, that didn't sound, doesn't even sound simple at all. It no, sounds very it, complicated. How, how easily does it fit in your engine bay? Like the, the wiring and computing is definitely going to be I, a challenge. But. I, I'm going to bring up the email he sent me because yes. there's a lot to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, tells me this is because be this was too much for me to uh, <laughs> found. So here we go. This is what, this. I'm going to give you a brief this rundown. Bullet points. So remove engine and gearbox on both cars. Offered 991 engine up to 996, found rear mounts needed to be moved back and up. Decided to keep 996 gearbox due to drive shafts and gear cable positions. Uh, tried That's for a n- bummer, huh? 996 box. To n- yeah, but it was a PDK, and they said it's just oh. it's huge, that seven-speed 
box and they just no way they could fit it under well, yeah there. you don't and you don't want fucking a seventh gear that's that's a no yeah yeah uh, not um, in your 996 yeah, hell no not. okay sorry yeah. so uh tried fitting 996 box to 991 engine mounting points lined up but fabricated three further mounting points also cut out clearance for the starter motor Research clutch options, <laughs> fitted lightweight flywheel, will match to 997 clutch. Oh, my God, dude. Uh, clutch, you fucked up. Clutch actuation mod <laughs> then had to be measured. Uh, hang on, where we go? Oh, my God. Welcome to your $100,000 996. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's so much. There's so much. Oh, my God. You the, fucked up. The 996 runs a mechanical power steering pump, whereas the 991 runs an electric pump. Neither of these would swap over, so it was decided to run electric pump oh as used in 996. Cup. Oh, wow. oh, that's actually good. No, yeah, that's yeah. good. I've driven with that pump as a swap in something, and it's rad. Yeah, and then the big thing was the the wi- big thing. The wiring. Wait, wait, none of these was the big thing. <laughs> but getting the digital, yeah, nine nine one stuff to line up and work all my analog instruments and everything. Holy so they went through gosh. with Cybex. You're gonna have to throw your. Oh, they will do that. You're not gonna have to make a do some make some dash out of an uh, Android no, no, tablet or no, something. They, they, they've kept, they've kept it all and they use this Cybex ECU. They convert the analog signal into digital and then no, the digital signal into analog and then ping it to the. Oh, wow. So everything now works. The wow. engine fits. They fabricated an exhaust, uh, air boxes, all this sort of stuff, and now they've taken it apart. He's a complete perfectionist, so he's like, I'm going to respray your car. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it should be in the body shop next week. Then the engine goes back in. Then it's done. There's di- an implied consent there that they take it to every car show and use it in every fucking magazine. I, test I, and all that stuff. I, I think there'll be some of that, but he's not really like that. He was like, he's going to send me a big smoky bill. I know yes, that much, will. but it, what, I'm sure it's not going to be as much. So halfway in, he rang me. He was like, I think this is going to be the only one we ever do. Oh, no. <laughs> he, went, he went from thinking it was going to be a good business to like, it's so involved and the bill will be so big that it probably will end up being a Oh, my God. Car. I was going to say being the first person to do anything is like crazy expensive, but now you're the first and only person. Could to be. Do- we'll see. Fuck. But the you resu- must absorb 100% of development costs like this. <laughs> from here on out. But, but the results could be like, it could be the dream. He's literally sweating. It could We're be the dream. About this. <laughs> Well, how do you feel What's the about dream? the... Well, 996 turbo power-ish, 420, 430 horsepower. But naturally, yeah. Na- yeah, GT3-style revs, narrow body, lighter than a GT3, because the GT3 uses the Carrera 4 shell, which is a bit stiffer. So it could be... It's got proper KW Club Sports on it. The full be very works. fast. It's going to be fast and a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's going to be unique and it means my 911 survives for as long as I do which is all I really care about how do you feel about the steering going from hydraulic to electric no it's still a hydraulic um, rack it's got an electric pump that's all oh that's it okay yeah Yeah. no I would not I was sanctioned such a crazy that's why I was very confused you were so excited and you rolled right past that okay Um, no that's fucking intense I mean that's a really that's a really involved build it is it's extreme Um, and probably but no the 996 is like a great value (laughs) <laughs> yeah but i paid back in the day i paid ten and a half grand for that car that must be worth 16 right now exactly 12 with no motor but weirdly people well i'm not going to sell it so it doesn't matter people will pay a bit for weird and wonderful stuff and i just 964 like a standard 964 goes for what now 60 70 80 a fucking lot a lot of money and it's a lot. they're great but they're not that great a mm-hmm. 993 goes for tons of money and like my car's gonna it should be for what i like in cars 
twice as much fun as a 993 Carrera and probably more fun than, you know, a 993 RS maybe, which is 350 grand. So although it's crazy, and I am aware that it's going to be crazy, no one... It's weird, the 996, because people look at a Gunther Works car or something, really cool thing, but no one's like, what, you're going to spend 500 grand on a 993 rebodied and with a different engine, which is what it is. I mean, yeah. it does lots of cool stuff, and it's yeah, different, yeah. and it's beautifully done. No, That is what sure. it is. That if is you what have it to is. think about money, that's how you think. Exactly. If you don't have to think about money, that's not how you think. You're you right. Just go, I want it. Yeah, you're right. I want it. I, I make you red. That's it. Yeah. I, the conversation right. ends there. But what I'm saying is that there's not a great deal of logic to it, but yeah. you can apply some logic For to sure. it. For sure. You can end up with a car that's going to cost me a chunk of money, but should drive. I don't see why it shouldn't drive as well as one of these crazy project cars. Yeah, it yeah. won't be as beautiful inside. It won't be like all carbon fiber and it won't be all that other stuff, but it it will be, be fucking fast. It'll be thirteen hundred kilos with four hundred and thirty horsepower. Wow. And it'll be a nine eleven. Like, it's, it's very really unique, fast. which is cool. Yeah, and, and it's yours, cool. which is cool. Yeah. And do, do, now, does this car kind of encapsulate like all the things you like about cars and driving? Is this like, you know, this is Jethro's dream? Um, if I had all the money in the world, I'd have a lot of nine elevens. I guess I'd have quite a few, and one of them would definitely be a nine nine six RS. Uh, I think I'd. Currently, stop at 997 generation. I think that's like that. I love the water cooled cars. The first car 911 I drove was a 996 Carrera. So, yeah, it's got a lot. It's pretty light. It's pretty small. It's going to be track focused, but not over the top like race cars. Do you go to like track days? No. Yeah. <laughs> but I like driving really hard cars on the road. I don't sure. have a problem with it. Like a. You know, I'll probably go to the ring in it, and I'll do spa in it, I should think. Well, that'll be a good time. <laughs> I don't yeah. do track days. I will go to the ring I, and spa. I do, that's I mean, a different thing. Yeah, that's it's a different not thing. Like a, that's not like a, you go to the fucking those airfields in England and Oh, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't days. do that, but only because, I don't know, if, you, if you're if you lucky enough to do that in press cars sometimes. Of course. The idea of doing it in your own car sounds <laughs> really tortuous. Absolutely. And I love driving quick. I've, I've done probably in the past maybe six track days in it where it's been like an Evo track day or something like that and I've turned up done a few laps given a few rides and Mm. been done with it but it's not something I do all the time no when you have the spoils of war um, (laughs) when you've got press cars there's really no reason to have your own personal track day car very hard not to get black flagged on a track day as well that's hilarious (laughs) it really is it really annoys me if you're Lucky so enough funny, to the do the last open track day. I got black flag yeah, for I've, sliding too. I've never not been black flag from a track day ever in my life. Ever, like, if you are lucky enough to have a track to yourself for filming or photography, and then you go on a track day, you get black flagged. You're like, I'm sorry, there's rules. <laughs> but even I've been on ones where I'm there. Like, I went on a GT Porsche, which was a mag- little magazine in the UK. I used to do some stuff for. I've been on a few Evo ones. And my job is to turn up with a press car, slide around, because it's fun, and that's what people see in the mag, and it's, it's a cool thing to do. It gives a bit of extra value to that track day, and there'll be me and Dickie, me Eden, and a few others doing that stuff. Black flagged every time. Every time. And I'm like, I'm being asked to come here to do specifically this job. <laughs> and this company is paying you money in yeah. order to put this track day, and I'm part of the deal, so you sort of have to let me. And they're like, no, you're off. 
You've got to go home. <laughs> so, yeah, I've never been on a track that I haven't been black flat. Got that's hysterical. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the truth. You can't go back from a private track once you've got one for filming, no. No, it's, it's such a shame. What was your favorite location for Top Gear? Did you get any really, really, really strong locations oh, for this one? You're testing me now. My Sorry, I make you think about things? Yeah, it's fucking really bullshit, this show. The coolest place. Where's the best place we went? We went to a ice track out in Colorado, a Bridgestone Tires uh, snow track, which ice was are good. a huge amount of fun. It wasn't like a full frozen lake. It was cut, It was snowy, but it was like cut out like a rally course. That was awesome. Oh, it's in... Um Touch the Ness. Steamboat. Steamboat. Near yeah, Steamboat, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. So that was really cool. And then that 350Z, um, that thing near Sedona, was I'd never been there. It was beautiful around there. Were you like rally staging that or exploring the, the world with that? Exploring the world. But it's a big volcanic, I can't remember the name of it. I'd have to look it up. It's like all black volcanic rock. And it's just like the scale of the US always blows my mind yeah. as an English person anyway. But that was stunning. That was great fun. So that was cool. And then... We're coming up. We've done a bit of Laguna Seca, which is always a good time. It's the TLX. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm driving in Laguna Seca. Oh, really? Yeah, I am actually driving the TLX. Um, yeah, Laguna's I honestly, great. I don't know if I would normally go to, La, to Laguna Seca to drive a TLX, but I was like, man, it's been a while since I've been in Northern any, California. I want to go fucking anywhere. At any time you get to drive Laguna, Laguna Seca is a great is draw. Great. It's a great draw. It's really fun. I would fun. do it in a fucking minivan. I don't give a shit. And I had to do, uh, the thing we did, I had to do a lap time, and I've never tried to do a lap time around Laguna. I've like mucked around on best driver's car stuff, and to actually go and try and go quick there was really fun. It was yeah. really fun. There's the elevation makes a track. I mean, it yeah. just makes it. And I had a old NSX, which oh, was really that's a good fun. Time. Yeah, because I'd never really the NSXR. I think is literally one of the best things I've ever driven. We never got them. No, we didn't get them either. I drove one. Uh, Honda UK brought one into the UK because they were thinking of selling it and never did. Um, and then I've driven a couple that have been imported. But it's I think it's literally top five cars ever. It's so much fun. But the standard NSX, I was never that into. I always found them snappy and hard to read and stuff. Um, but this one I really enjoyed. It was really good fun. It's still hard work. Like, it's not an easy car to drive at the limit at all. Um, but, yeah, the engines... As time goes on, anytime you get into a car with a high-revving NA yeah. engine... They just get better and better. It's uh, it's, true. A, it's weird how that happens, but it's true. It's just because it seems like a thing you can't have anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's there's, just, there's, you forget. You don't realize, yeah, how quickly tur the power band became like this turbo torque thing that we're just so used to. And when you drive any new car, say a new M3, of course it's impressive how fast it is. And your brain doesn't necessarily have that reference of what the old screaming V8 was like or the straight six. And so, ultimately, you're just like, yeah, it's great, but it's only when you go back that you're like, that's great for its thing, for its power, but it's not the same experience. It's well, a Johnny's world. been fucking in blowing up my text messages for, like, a couple of weeks about this stupid M3 competition, because we had the M4, yeah. non-competition, with a stick. Okay. Okay? And it was, yeah, it was a hundred grand, non-competition M4, yeah. and it was enormous, but... It was a stick, which which did give it some level of redeemability and mechanical engagement, right? Yep. You'll note the one in the commercial 
that's all about the self-driving car where you're driving is a stick. Oh, okay. Note, yeah, and yeah. the one in the commercial is a stick. So Johnny's had this this green nuclear waste looking yeah. fucking thing. Hideous. <laughs> it's horrible looking. It's a terrible looking car. Yeah, like, it's really it unfortunate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like he was driving it real fast up in the forest, as you do. And he yeah. came back down. Oh, my God, dude. I know you had the M4, but the competition is so much better. And I'm like... How is that possible? It's yeah. just, it's the same thing. It's whatever. And he goes, you don't understand. It's so fast. And I go, you don't understand. Everything is so fast. There's nothing yeah. that isn't a million horsepower that goes doesn't go a million miles yeah, an hour. Speed is not a measurement or the definitive of measurement of quality or value. There's Meanwhile, we booked it for uh, May. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, it will be retracted, I bet. I will reserve judgment. I I've heard good things as well from people in the UK I know who've driven it. They're like, it's actually pretty cool. But yeah, we live in, there was one car that changed the game and that was the GTR. It came in and it literally, I think we'll look back as that was the absolute game changer. It made everyone go, holy shit, this is what's possible. You know, I remember the first time I drove it with that dual clutch box and you watch the boost gauge and it never moves. It's always <laughs> at max boost. And the thing turned and it gripped and it just had power everywhere. And everyone changed. Like Porsche changed. There's no question. 997, if you drive a 997.1 turbo two, yeah. and point two, they're so different in the way they go about what they do. And then basically the world has now obviously caught up with the GTR and overtaken it. But that car changed everything, basically. And I love GTRs, but I wonder if it'll be like a pantomime villain in the future where we're all like, that's the car that ruined cars. Yeah. <laughs> because it made everyone like, oh, we can make cars that do 2.8 seconds to 60 and do this. And it just changed everything. Andrew Frankel said that uh, uh, 2009 was peak car. We're past peak car, and 2009 was peak car. So what was his car that would have proven that, like a GT3 RS 997? Like, yeah, 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 pretty much. And and that the um, the dual clutch, the, the removal of Ferrari offering, uh, 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 the, that's horrible words from my mouth, I'm sorry, but Ferrari no longer offering manuals. Yep. And, and and the the cascading effect of other manufacturers not offering manuals and everyone doing the same kind of twin turbo hot V Fully, blah, yeah, blah 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 twin turbo exactly yeah. I I I sort of agree and philo philosophically I'm there but you still drive new cars that are fantastic mm -hmm. that's the hard thing like I I agree E63s wagon yes yeah, please fantastic we'll take this and yes. there's been so many good cars like M2 CS fantastic pretty like, good. BMW can build some good. great stuff Porsche GT3 I'm sure you can't tell me about it till tomorrow I'm sure will be fantastic <laughs> isn't that frustrating yeah really I'm more than happy to blow the Integra Type R embargo yeah. and yet the GT3 hypocrite I've got I've got a world exclusive for everyone wanting to know what the new GT3 is like it's pretty fucking good yeah, 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 I haven't right. driven it but I'm sure it's gonna you be said you could screenshot good. my text message from four days ago I gave you I gave you like the 50 word review yeah I've had three or four people tell me but I'm sure it's was I'm it sure consistent it's, the text um, message reviews all were but, they consistent all but one Oh, was mine the only one that was different? No, no yours was very similar to okay, several cool. others, and then okay, one cool. that was different. So, right. interesting. But yeah, I'll be. Our video will be out April uh, tomorrow. Yeah, April twentieth, three p.m. We're gonna race the embargo. Oh, you are. I mean, the work's already done, so yeah. fucking why not? It's yeah, not like. Yeah, no, 
I don't like racing embargoes, but yeah, you have to do it. I if guess. the That's work's the already the... done, then whatever, set the video to go live at this time instead of this time. Who yeah. gives a shit? Yeah. It is what it is. Um, so yeah, I think maybe maybe we are peak car, past peak car, but there's still a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah, I agree with both. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree that there's some cars that are past peak car, yeah, and the ones that are really holding on are doing a pretty fucking good job. Yeah, yeah. GT3 touring, the the the, the Civic Type R, yeah. you know, they're they're doing a pretty I mean, nice job. You drove that 812 GTS, which <laughs> thing was rowdy. Yeah, which I I've not driven the GTS, but I mean if you drive an 812, it's hard to believe that that isn't peak car when you're That's, in it. I think it's, it's bad shit. So the GTS good. is it's at, every bit is good and then yeah. the top goes down. It's like it's, you know, that that, that engine is, is that's some that's unreal. rowdy. Unbelievable. I mean, I think even when you've absorbed the numbers and you've driven like I've driven a lot of V twelve Ferraris, I've driven a lot of quick stuff. There's something about that car that blows your mind. Like super the fast revs is do the not right end. How so I watched your video on the F twelve, um, which is just you smoking tires all day long. Yeah. But how when you drove the F twelve versus the eight twelve, how did you find the two of them? The eight twelve is um I think quite a big step on, like in terms of the front and the rear, how they're locked together. The F12 always felt like a strong front end with a rear that could never quite keep up with it. And this wasn't it their first front engine car that used like the mid-engine steering rack that was like crazy it was, fast. It steering. was so quick. The rear would would move a lot, and then the car was great in a lot of ways. But if you also the tires, I think moved on a lot because if you got the tires hot in the F12 i.e. you wheel span out of one corner, which will be probably the second or third corner you're driving <laughs> the car. The car was finished. The car had no rear end after that. So it, it was a tricky thing to to balance. Still the amazing engine and all the rest of it. But the 812 felt to me like a pretty good step in terms of control. The engine's even better. It had a bit more low speed character like the old 550s and stuff. I feel like you can tool around in it and it feels mm. really special. I had to use it like as a car and it was it's nice. A, yeah, it's a car. Nice car. And it's, I think that's super fast. And when you really push it, it doesn't fall apart at all. Like it really hooks together. I can't remember. I was at Highway 33, is Oh it? yeah. Highway 33 Fuck is very me. good. I had one drive down there. I think we were doing, I can't remember what we were doing. I think we had a Hellcat. We had like two 800 horsepower. And it was like meant to be a bit of a joke. That like sounds thing. about right. That sounds like a head-to-head or but something. But I left and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'll see you boys back at the hotel or whatever. And I just drove as fast as I could reasonably drive. It was like the sun was coming down. And Those are always the best drives the, at the end of the yeah, shoot. Mm-hmm. The thing was just so hooked up. I couldn't believe how a front engine car could turn like that. It just keeps, keeps yeah. turning. And then so much power. And Ferrari, I think Ferrari do dual clutch boxes better than anyone, including Porsche. Mm, oh, you think so? Yeah. Because it's got the character built into it? More character. It. But yeah, it's, they but do it's have not, a little... It doesn't feel super false. I just love, like, the Speciali was the first one to do it. When you hit a downshift, it will give you literally, like, one revolution less then it would lock the rear axle. Zach pointed like that out. Zach pointed rear. that out yeah. during the it's review. It's so yeah, aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, I found yeah. that really weird. I, I just love it because it's like you're so on the. Li- it's so dialed that if it you're will, not breaking hard enough. It will give you the downshift that is just like literally one rev from locking the and rear so wheel. So every time you downshift, it's like it wakes, I know exactly it wakes you up a little it's, bit. It's <laughs> so cool. I was like, this is it. Like this car's on it, and that's 
like the Speciali and a couple of other Ferraris are cars that you can't imagine with a manual box. I don't think they'd work with a manual box. I think a Speciali with that twin clutch box is, I mean, if you're talking about peak car, that's got to be close. It's Yeah. Frankel did mention 458 as peak car. Yeah. Yeah. 458 Speciale, GT3 RS 4 litre, 997 GT2 RS, all those cars, I mean, they're special. It's like if you could combine the the usability of modern technology, but not to the point where it diminishes the feeling of the car. So you get that dual clutch box, but it still has a lot of feel. So you can use the thing you love more often, but you are always aware of what you're driving. You're always awake. And R34 Skylines. R34s, yeah, I mean, Skylines are great. I love those. You should hear what... My, the homies are getting for R34 Skylines right now. It's, oh, really? It's just, you just go, oh my God. You think that 22B was nuts? They're fucking moving. They've they're been... moving units. Yeah, over brought, there. You should have brought one in. Well, how much they're not on... bringing them in. They're, st- they're selling they're them and then them. storing them in Japan. So the R33 is the one that you can now bring in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And a good one is like fifty five dollars or $60,000. Mm. A my, good my... R32 is like in the high 40s now for a good one. My dad had an R33 That's back geez. in the day. Sweet. That was pretty That's cool. That's awesome. That's so, a great dad car. Yeah, he had an E34. So he had a run of like seven series. And then we persuaded him into a used E34 M5. 3.8 mm. but five speed. Avis Blue. Like it was really cool. I think there was a big bill coming up for it or something, and he suddenly got like he got the shits about it a little bit. Yeah, that bit. motor needs the valve, the valve job. The yeah, val- <laughs> and, and it was just when grey imports were really starting to come in from Japan in the UK, and there was like Skylines. I was like, we should go and look at Skylines. What is the well, what were the regulations on importing a Japanese car into England? Were there really any? Not a huge one. Um, you had to change that's the, just that right hand drive solidarity. Yeah, like, fuck it, right hand drive, yeah, bring it in. It's right hand drive, so you had to change the speedo from kilometers uh-huh. to miles. You had to get like effectively an inspection, right? A, and then you had to put like a rear fog light on a couple of little bits and bobs. So everyone was suddenly doing it. And we went to drive this GTR R thirty three Midnight Purple, like the full the full works. It was it wasn't crazy. It was four hundred horsepower, but that thing I just loved they're it. They're cool as shit. They're cool. I love them. I it's funny the R thirty three people recently. don't like them, but I think they're great because they don't they don't look as they don't look, there's not as light as the thirty twos. They're not as aggressive as the thirty fours, but but they really are very nice to drive. They're a bit more natural than the R thirty four to drive. The R thirty four is super darty and edgy. That rear wheel steer mm-hmm. feeling. They're quite strange. I, I like the R33. I think they look cool, too. And if you happen to be over six feet tall, the R33 offers the most legroom. Oh, really? It's the longest wheelbase and the longest of the cars, and that length actually goes into the driver's compartment. You get more legroom. Mm. It's very nice. I love Skylines. They're the best. They're fucking great, aren't they? Yeah. We've got an episode on my show on Haggerty coming up called uh, The Skyline Story, which talks about the 32s and the 33s and the best way to modify them to make reliable power. It's going to oh, be nice. a fun episode. I saw your um, Yellowbird piece. Fucking the best. Are yeah. you ever drive one of them? I drove the Yellowbird, mate. The prototype? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I it. Do you know what was cool? I turned up. If this was before, I guess. I did a series for Car and Drive years ago called Car and Driver Abroad. Uh-huh. Uh, it was just when Google were giving everyone the money to make shows. Yeah, and, premium content initiative. And Car Driver made a lot of really terrible shows. <laughs> they decided to go down this weird like cable TV type route. Um but somehow we persuaded him to let us do this car and drive abroad, and it was just me and a, a guy called Mark Bramley, who was a photographer, who was turning into video. Uh-huh. And we just went around and did cool stuff. But the first episode we were, we did was Yellowbird, and it was sort of before Roof had become like 
super, everyone had known them and super cool and every, everyone knew Fascination, obviously. It, was like, it wasn't that long ago. Um, but we turned up. They're like, yeah, you can come and drive it and drive the new CTR3, oh, the yeah. mid-engine thing. It was sat outside. No one had driven it in like six months. It was covered in dust. Yeah. It was like they now it's fully restored and everything but at that has point has someone told you it's worth four million dollars <laughs> <laughs> like that's what yeah like that's what they, it's worth right now they probably. had not really thought it about that it was just something that hung around and they loved it they were all like oh the yellow bird was the key moment in our history but no one was really looking after it and I got in it and like it had no fuel in it and it was like dirty and, and then the test driver took me out on a little loop um in a new car to show me where we were going to go and drove like a million miles an hour. I was like, oh my God, we're going to die before we get in this yellow bird. And then Stefan Rosa turned up. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Stefan Rosa turned up. Like, oh, hello. Yeah, they called, they called Stefan and were like, we he come. He was like local? We, he was pretty local, I think. <laughs> yeah. And what, I didn't know, I obviously didn't know his story. He was a journalist. He was a car journalist. He wasn't a racing driver. Seriously? He was a car journalist for Auto Motor and Sport or someone. Oh, yeah. And he did a bit of freelancing for Roof at the time. And I'd love to read his review of this car if he's got one. <laughs> yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> and his thing was obviously his, his car control was great. But um, he turned up. I can't remember. He, he'd retired. He was like pretty. He was a lovely guy. And he got in the, we got in the car together, drove up the road. And he, I think he pitched it into the first corner <laughs> that we arrived at, at like 90 miles an hour. And if you watch Fascination, it's great, but it's not super smooth. Like he's wrestling <laughs> yeah, the car. Yeah. And it was just like that. And it was like, I was in the video. Oh, wow. My God, Only nuts. this guy was like, he was moaning. He was like, oh, they've changed the setup. I can't believe they've done this. It's got understeer. And he I'm figures like, that out mid slide. Yeah, oh, I was like, different. doesn't feel massively understeery <laughs> currently. <laughs> As I'm like wiping the side window to see what we're going to hit. Oh my god. And then we went amazing. to a little airfield down the road and they let me slide the car around and the whole works. It was mega. And that then we went wild. out and then we went out onto the autobahn and tried to do 200 in the CTR3 and it was like this has been a good couple of days. Uh, did you get 200? <laughs> I can't remember if we did and I think we did. I think we did in the end. I mean nice. How could you not? I mean, it was really rough. It's a roof CTR. That's three, awesome. Whatever. But it was a cool place. Yeah. Alo Alois is cool. For your, your engine swap story, you know, we have another episode coming out. It might be this week's. No, I, yeah, I don't know if it's this week's or next week's, but this guy in New York, and I've been talking about it a lot, Rick DeMann. Oh, sells, yeah. Have you seen this engine he's got? I heard you chatting to, was it Johnny about maybe. it, maybe? It's a four and a half liter drop in. Yeah. 30,000 bucks. Just drop it in. You don't need to do anything else. Yeah, it sounds mega. And was it 585 horse? It's <laughs> or 65? I can't remember. I, re I, did, I looked it up afterwards. Bad shit. It's the craziest water-cooled engine I've ever driven. And it is... It is what? It is like a normal 9A1 motor. It's not a, it's not a Metzger-type engine, No, is it? he starts or, with the 981 motor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can do a 3.8 or a 4.0, and he, it's a it's bored and stroked to 4.5. Four I with like a bunch it. of other, you know, neat stuff in it, but it runs smooth. Yeah, and uh, you can close the valve on the exhaust, and it runs quiet. Yeah, and, that's good. And it doesn't feel like anything. But you put the fucking hammer down, it's like, especially with the with the short gears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. GT4, it's it ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and it'll do it a PDK too. Yeah, it'll do the PDK with the close ratio gearbox. You'll fucking blow the tires off in four. <laughs> I read that. I, I that looks cool. I like the idea. Of it's having crazy. A go if you can go, if you go to 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 them in New York, he'll absolutely put you in one. 
It's really, really a nutty thing. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, it's very, very good. Yeah, we need more crazy stuff like that, I think. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Um, we got a lot of questions from people. Okay. We're only going to do the ones that are pertinent to Jethro. Did you pre-organize for us? Zach? Yeah. Seems so you may the have. Things in bold are either for him or, you know, <clears throat> answer. The general ones will be collected for a later show. I'm sorry to say I have a hard out at six. It's in a half hour, though. We're okay. Okay. Uh, Falcon 7 says, Jethro, is there a uh, a stunt adventure or used, uh, he, he says used car comparison. I assume you mean a shitbox challenge that you hope never happens for Top Gear. Where um, do you draw the where line? Where do you draw the line? I mean, anything that involves an economy run sounds pretty boring. It um, really is. Any stunt that involves me not driving is where I like to draw the no, line. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of. Um, it's funny. Me and Dax are exactly the same in that we both Refuse like to let doing, the stunt driver yeah, come in and we, do your we, shit. We like. Know. We both like doing silly stuff in cars, but not when other people are driving. So that do you is not trust friend. each other yet? Like you don't want to ride. Dax a has been out with me a couple of times, and he never passengers with anyone. So he's now in the trust zone, and I trust him. Yeah, he's he's a good driver, and he's quick. He's. Um, He's a little rough around the edges, it like, and he admits it himself. He's like, I look at the in-car footage, and it looks like you're just cruising around on a Sunday drive, and it looks like I'm fighting a tiger or something. <laughs> that's hilarious. But, that's, but he's got the car control, without a doubt. So, yeah, I, I trust him, yeah. Uh, but no no stunts you won't draw the line on. Fuel economy runs. That's the one. I like, yeah. I mean, the stunts Those are, are cool. As long as there's control. I'm not into stunts where you're just doing something you're not super in control like maybe a 500 foot jump or something doesn't sound particularly fun to me it's not really skill it's just whether you get lucky if you survive if you hit it 88 miles an hour versus 89 because 88 is victory 87 is death from a head injury and 89 89 is death from a back injury when Clarkson crashed a semi through the brick wall and they were just like you're just going to do this I feel like that would be something you're like why why are we doing this yeah I like doing stuff that's fun and has a risk and skill element but anything that's just like let's do something stupid is not necessarily my thing fair uh jerry says jerry is in the market for a 996 aero kit car but also might be able to swing the 10 to 15k difference for a 997 is it worth it um i don't think it's probably 15 grand better to drive i think as a future car because people just don't like 996s 997 is a very good bet but uh, despite the 996 having the bad reputation, 997s suffer, it seems, a lot worse from the bore scoring, which is a really expensive thing to put right. So I would say drive both. 997s, I think, look gorgeous. Um, but 996 is not something to be ashamed of. In fact, they should be worth $100 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that's what I've just spent on mine. Uh, Carl Sanders says, will the change to EVs kill the light hot hatch? Um, yes. Possibly. Yes. But have you ever driven a smart EV? It's pretty rad. No. Actually. Because, you know, the batteries are on the floor. So yeah. It, it's the, the, the it's thing pretty cool. The 500E off. is the best Fiat 500 by far. Yeah. By, like, a lot. What does it weigh, though? I don't know. I mean, that Honda, the thing that puts, the thing that makes me say yes is that Honda E. That looks cool. Yeah. It looks cool. The range is a joke, and it weighs, I always talk in kilos, but it's like 15, 1,600 kilos for a tiny little car. And I just think, yeah, I think there's a potential that- 500E is, is 2,980 pounds. That's heavy. Yeah. For, a for something as tiny as that. So, yes, I think EVs will kill small light 
um, hot hatches. That is not a big deal over here, I guess, as much. But we have no here. Uh, everything else has killed light hot yeah, hatches. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. are no. You have a Volkswagen yeah. GTI. You have a Hyundai Veloster. Yeah, and. Yeah, that's it. That's because you can buy a V8 Camaro for the same money yeah, or whatever. Right. We get the Veloster with the dual clutch comes in tomorrow. Oh, okay. If you haven't had a go in that yet, I like the Velosters. They're good fun. Veloster and dual yeah. clutch could be fun. Yeah, could be very nice. Yeah, we will let you know. Uh, Michael Gallardo, you think well, that's a good last name? Michael Gallardo. Yeah. I hope you have your your namesake whip. That would be cool. Uh, Named we'll, after the date his parents made him on. <laughs> Well, eight, uh, 2018 and 2018, uh, 2018 and 2019, BMW M5 prices drop when the CSs start getting delivered. Uh, I really want one, but can't see paying 85 for a three-year-old M5. I think you should pay 30k for a 2014 M5 and have the same car. Uh, yeah, it's. Re- <laughs> I find it really tricky to talk about values and stuff because. I've been staggered by the difference in prices of stuff in Europe versus America. Like, you pay a lot for used cars in the States. Like, you pay, you seem to get a real good deal on cheap new stuff, Mm -hmm. and the lease deals are great, but the used values are through the roof. Like, we can buy a V10 M5 in the UK for £11,000, like dollars and it's the same all the way up the market. We seem to get it a lot better. Do you, do you guys not have the bring a trailer nostalgia, you know, kind of padding on the book right now? Because like the V10 M5 is something now where there's probably been so many articles and videos and people talking about how awesome they were. That's I think why they're getting so expensive. Things. Yeah, but uh, but up and down every car I look at, I'm like, I wonder how much that is in the US. It's probably 15 grand more than it is in the UK. It surprises me. But um, I would say I wouldn't pay 85 for a M5 from 2018-19. I like the car, though. It's cool. I would yeah. say 65 or 55, even better. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and speaking of the M5, Ray wants to know, can you think of another performance car that has been through as many drivetrain and engine combinations as the M5, Jeez. which went from an inline six to a V8 to a V10 to a twin-turbo V8? And then from a stick to an SMG to a DCT to an auto. That's pretty good, buddy. That's a really good question. It's pretty good. Yeah. I would say. He's uh, answered his own how question. How many have? Uh, <laughs> RS6. Let's see. The Dodge Challenger okay. comes with a six, an eight, supercharged eight, stick auto, all wheel drive, rear wheel drive. The, the M3. But this is one particular four cylinder, model. Six cylinder, eight, six, uh, six turbo. Stick, SMG, DCT. I mean, the, the M3 is the same thing. The M3 yeah. is pretty much the same. But yeah, there's not uh, many cars I mean, that have been through all of that stuff. That's pretty good. I, I appreciate... I, that's a that's a hard one to put on the... Uh, no, I can't think I of another. I cannot think of another one. I do want a V10 M5 manual. I would really like the one. The manuals are hard to find. They yeah, have the premiums. Really I just recently drove an M6 with an SMG. It's fucking horrible. Oh, the all, V10 un, one? Yeah, it's undrivable. The SMG box. Yep, you turn that shit up to maximum mode, race mode, and it's like, and a gear change. And a gear change. I mean, there's a whole generation of lost cars in there. That's why we swapped the the manual uh, in the Vanquish. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, you did the works conversion in the Vanquish? We did, yes. Did they give you a gear lever that meant you didn't punch the dashboard every time you change gear. It gets close, but it's you don't so actually... It's so annoying. <laughs> it does Why did close. they do that? Just bend the gear shift a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I drove it, and I was like, are you serious? Like, I just got in and started punching the 
the thing because every things time. with Aston Martin are mostly thought through. I love the Vanquish. I what a car! I, I love it. I love that. Car. It's so gorgeous. Uh, Kyle wants to know for a hundred thousand dollars, would you rather have a oh, used but newer Carrera 4S or a bit older Turbo, or is there something you'd pick over those two? Uh, assuming the newer Carrera S like has turbochargers, yeah. Then I'd probably get the new car because it feels it's a turbo power band. Yeah, you know I do love turbos though. They've got a bit of a swagger about them, mm-hmm. haven't they? Yeah. They're cool, and I, I, they I think they always surprise people how good they are on track and stuff. Which is why the press officers will never put them on like Cup Two tires because they'll be quicker than GT3. Have you <laughs> driven the new Turbo S? Yes, it's fucking bananas fast. So fast. It's really so really fast. crazy. Yeah, it's it's nutty. Uh, other cars I, I love. R8s. I'm a, the new ones are not as good as the old one, but um, hundred grand goes a long way in R8 land. Yeah, I just think, God, while we can have a V10 that mm-hmm. revs to nearly That's nine thousand people, will really miss. And I think the gearbox on that car is so good. The dual clutch is mm-hmm. brilliant on that car. So yeah, I, I would I would also put a shout in for an R8. Uh, Mr. Cassie Oak, are you a watch person? I'm Jeff not. Oak? I'm not a watch wanker of the web. No, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I That's okay. I don't care. Uh, Greg Laver says, uh, Mr. Harris, Chris Harris, surprisingly yeah. stated that he preferred the Scuderia over the Pista CS or Special. No. How do we rank them by driving experience? And how do they stack up over the... Oh, my God. There's like layers to this. Yeah. To the GT3 lineage over time. Oh, boy. I would okay. go uh, Speciali, Scuderia, CS, Pista. Speciali, I think, is maybe... Scuderia CS Pisto. Okay, yeah. Speciali's the best. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with second. you. I'm with you there, yeah. I'm I love the CS. That. I think it's yeah. cool. I think it looks beautiful, considering the 360 is quite a gawky car, but somehow when they went... Challenge, Challenge Cheval is, is very gorgeous. Good. It's very um, good. I think Speciali might... Speciali and F50 are the two Ferraris that I yearn to own. I think they're absolutely amazing to drive. I, I I don't. What year was the Speciali? 14? 13, 14? Yeah, maybe. I want to say 13, even, 14. Yeah. Is it earlier? Might even be earlier. Oh, Zach will get it. Because I want to say like 2011 was the best year for both. Because you had the RS 4 liter. Oh, but it is wrong. 2050. Uh, 20, when did it come 13, out? 14, 13 and up. 13 to 15. Yeah. All right. So there's Speciali little, is. That's the jam. Unreal. That is the jam. And they, and they stand absolutely toe-to-toe with GT3s. I know the internet only likes Porsche these days, but Ferrari Speciali, if I had a choice between that and a 4-litre, it's really close. And I think the 4-litre is, like, the best 911. They're, they're very expensive right now. Speciali's. Speciali's. Apertas are crazy. Yeah. But the coupes aren't so bad. I haven't looked, but I thought they were expensive. No, they're not bad. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, they're a lot, but they're not. I thought they'd be millions because they deserve to be. Uh, Travisio says, is it possible to market driving feel and experience the way that car manufacturers yes. currently market horsepower and zero to 60 times, or is that a lost cause? Uh, I think, yes. The only people who've managed to do it, those Porsche with 911R and GT3 Touring and stuff, I think they've really nailed it. Porsche are doing such a good job with that stuff. It can be done. I hope more people get to grips with it because I think it would be it would be great if they could. Subaru has tried with the BRZ TS and with yeah. the W or the STI RA was that it or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like that they tried fun, but like 
And I, I'm guessing people bought those cars, but it didn't. The buzz didn't last. Yeah, it didn't. It's, it's such an easy binary thing, isn't it? Not sixty times, but I, for me. How does anyone remember them anymore? What difference does it make if it's Only 2.8, 2.9, 3.1, 3.2? Like, I used, as a kid, yeah. I knew them all, you know? I knew every stat and every 060 because there was actually variants. Yeah. But now there's not. They're all Especially the same. Especially if, like, if you've launched a Tycon Turbo S a couple times, you just go, all right, we can stop now. Feels, this is yeah, not comfortable it's anymore. It's vomit-inducing, yeah. EVs are not comfortable things to go fast in. They're hideous. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive, but not fun. But yeah, Porsche have done yeah. it. So if someone else could, that would be really good. Yeah. Um, all right. The rest of this stuff is... No. All right. Thank you all. We will save all this stuff for later. None of it is... None of it is uh, instantly instant. Um, other than Top Gear America on the Motor Trend app, you want to plug anything before we get out of here? Uh, no, please watch Top Gear America. It sorts. Is it available out. anywhere besides the Motor Trend app? It's on the Motor Trend app, and now in Europe and the UK, it is on Discovery Plus. Oh. So we are going global with this stuff. I will be interested to see good. how. So, it, like in the UK, there's now going to be Top Gear UK and Top Gear America. Yeah. So if you get Discovery Plus, it's on. Uh, it's in the UK as well. That'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting. The battle. I mean, is there going to be a crossover? Or are you guys going to have one of the crossover episodes? I'd love to, but I don't know that they will. And they're different animals. We've we've done it, I think, quite wisely. It's shorter. It's sharper. We don't have the crazy budget, which I wish we did have. Um, but it's it's definitely a different take. But yeah, go and watch it on Motor Trend or Discovery Plus. Cool, man. I appreciate it. Thank Thanks you. for coming in. Yeah, it's good fun. On your vacation. Yes. I know. So nice of you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for participating in the Super Chat. We appreciate it. What do we have, Spike? We have a show between now we and Spike. We have uh, Spinelli on Thursday oh, shit, calling Mike in. Mike Spinelli in the house. Not in the house. In New York. <laughs> calling in from New Rochelle, the epicenter of the virus. Remember when COVID <laughs> yeah. started in New yeah. Rochelle? You want to remember that? Oh, my God. It was Spinelli. It was Spinelli, actually him. Spinelli went to Temple that day. But he was fine because he's like started a, in the temple. Live forever. Uh, yeah, uh, and then we got Spike in the studio on Friday. Mm -hmm. That's it. Thanks, buddy. Good times. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Good times. Way yeah, to be the fun. way to be the token uh, the token limey on the American show now. Basically, how I got the gig. Yeah. Right. I like it. English guy who can drift. Where We're can making we find a show called Top Gear USA. We need a British guy. Do you know the funny thing is this is why I never thought I got the job when I spoke to Motor Trend about it. I heard about it way in advance. So, like, the one thing we don't want is any British guys involved. And I was like, all right, fuck you guys. <laughs> I heard but, that, was what, uh, that was what Chris Harris told me when, when, when I found out LeBlanc was leaving. Oh, really? I was like, yo, fucking hook the brother <laughs> up. What's up? And they're like, no, dude, they said no. He, goes, he wrote back, he goes, they said no Yanks. So I was like, ah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but I got there in the end, so it's good. Yeah, it's cool. It's yeah. good, man. It's good fun. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. Have a great evening. Good night.